What's up, everybody? It's our first inaugural episode of Gray Parachute. This is Emery Tarkin, Gerard Super, and we're gonna well, let's start off off by talking about what Gray Parachute is. Uh, we started this company because, well, one, I'm a recruiter. Um, Gerard has some high up, high up title, you know, some super title it makes me look low level, and he and and but as a recruiter. I see a lot of people with some crazy job search questions and stories and horror stories and all of that sort of stuff. And I just decided that I want to be able to help people find jobs and help companies find people. So it was inspired by a famous book, What Color Is Your Parachute? And the reason why I picked gray is because, well, when you start getting into your job search, you know what I mean? It's a gray area. And so I wanted to start this relatively relaxed podcast people can listen to and hear two very different people talk about job searching. And so I pulled Gerard, he's like our our he 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 levels me out from being too off the wall and more sensible and tech driven and and so we just have very different viewpoints. But we still want to take this time to you know just talk about how we see job search right now and, and this we didn't even know how to start. We just were treating this as a pure conversation, real relaxed. Anybody knows me knows it's going to be real relaxed, real chill. But we really don't know what the most important topic is. It's like, what is it? Job search, networking, managing your manager. No idea. I mean, Gerard, when, when you when you think about your job search, you've been at just same spot for what, ten years, and you been like that's crazy. That's, yeah, that's crazy. coming up in uh, ten years officially in January. Like that makes my mind hurt. That literally. That literally scares me thinking about this place for 10 years, but I think that's because I got ADHD. So shout out, shout out to everybody who has ADHD. It's a legit disability that hinders our growth, just playing, it makes us great. But when you when you think about job search, right? Like when you think about this, just a job market, like what's the biggest thing that stands out in your mind? I think the biggest thing that stands out uh, for me, just in my most recent experience and uh, searching for people to add to to my team um, at my everyday job is, you know, you get a lot of resumes and you see people's job history. And unlike what you mentioned, you know, me being in my company for just about 10 years so far, that's uh, that's really not the common norm, um, especially with the, uh, the generations that are looking for jobs at this point. And what happens a lot of times is, you know, you may see people um, at different spots for one year, two years, three years, and then, you know, they're on. And I think it's sometimes in the mind of a an employer looking for new employees, whether or not um, that's a concern. Um, and, you know, there for me, after going through that uh, a number of times and still finding some really good people uh, coming to a realization that it's more about what the people bring and contribute, um, not only to the culture, but also to uh, the productivity of the team while they're there is more important rather than, you know, if they're going to be uh, lifers or, you know, be there for an extended period of time. I'm sorry. I still can't hope that. You sound so <laughs> professional. It sounds so good. Like, it's, it's, I say, man, I'm gonna, like, I felt like I was in an interview right there. I, I guess you're right. Right. So, all right. So I think the first thing I think about you when you look at somebody's job, who has more power? It's an easy question. Who has more power right now, the company or the applicant? I would say the applicant. All right. Why? But then we're still looking at people who has a jumpy resume. Like, why would the applicant still have more power? Why do you say that? Reason being is that, you know, even though the applicant, I feel obviously, or any of us in a position where we're looking for a job, 
we have a need. Um, at the end of the day, when you consider what your capabilities are as an applicant, you know, you always want to look at it as, you know, that you could have the ability to bring something to the table for an employer and increase, you know, their overall um, productivity, efficiency, and, you know, revenue stream for that matter. Um, so bringing that mindset to the table. I mean, I agree. I always crack up. I tell people now, it's like, remember when, well, I think, well, I'm, I'm not even in real estate. You own a home, I rent, so I can't even talk about it. Like, we are literally, like, are we in a buyer's market with homes now? No? Yeah? I think there's people looking to buy. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Are we, all right. I don't know. Like, I think, right, anyway, I think literally right now, we are in a buyer's market for jobs, which yeah. cracks me up. So unemployment, I don't get into politics, but unemployment is really at its all-time low. Like, there are more jobs than our employees, Absolutely. mainly for the fact that companies are just making jobs up, like, Social media manager. The heck is that? Yeah, like, titles to, don't even mean anything. I need to make. Sometimes. I need you to make sure that our Twitter is fire. Like that's a position <laughs> right now, right? And and a twenty year old kid who doesn't even graduate college can do that. So like companies can from home, up, from home, like <laughs> like on their phone. Like I need to make sure that our Instagram gets a certain amount of likes so that we can make sure. You know, I'm just going on a tangent, but like, so companies can. So there's more jobs than people, and people and companies still have. The nerve to say mm, you only been there for a year. Like, like I, I look at my background, right? I was at one spot for like eleven months. <laughs> All right, that sounds bad. I say that like almost prior. <laughs> one spot for eleven months. Another spot for a year and a half. I'm at my spot now for a year and two. My man, I, you know what? Check. I need to tell you. My manager told me, "Love her to death." Now, I'm not gonna say where I work, but if you look on LinkedIn, you can easily find out. But my manager said, "I got you for two years, right?" And, I, and, and with hesitancy, I was like, yeah, yeah I guess. I, I literally think to myself, like, we going to see. Like, we, yeah. what you, like it's, it's a fair concern. It's an NBA contract, right? So. I mean, <laughs> guarantee me the money. I'm good. <laughs> but, but it's fair. Right? Like, so, if, if and I put this on LinkedIn. It's like, if someone comes in and they're for two years and they kill it, be happy you had them. Don't even treat them like, oh, they're going to jump. Maybe. I think we have to anticipate that people are going to jump. We're the Tinder generation. We don't even look for, and I'm I'm 31, I'm the same age, I don't care. Like, we don't even look for consistency in relationships, which is horrible. So why should companies say, are you going to stay? Are you going to not leave? We, we treat you good, right? Like, that's not real. The loyalty that companies face, it, it's there, but it's not the same. I think it's okay if we have that mindset where if this person comes in, they're here for a year and a half. They come in. Uh, what's, what's, what's that old? What's that Ja Rule's album? Benny Vini Vici. That's it. Like yeah, I can't that's sad. I refer to it as the, the Ja Rule album instead of the phrase from the the. I think Caesar said it right. That's sad. But we can look at that like that. They came in. They killed it. They did their job and they left. Um. Now it's different if an organization has this succession plan. Where it's like if someone needs to come in for two years mm-hmm. and then they grow into the manager level. And then we see that. But that's something that needs to be established, maybe in the interview plan. Absolutely. But I, I think a lot of times that's not something that's discussed because you feel it may, you know, kind of scare off applicants. Um, if you, you know, find them to be of the caliber that you want on the team, um, you're maybe not 100 percent sure if that, you know, something they'll buy into. But I think when we, we talk about, you know, um, people hopping or, you know, job hopping, 
really, is it any different than the fact of, you know, when people feel like, you know, I want to be at a place and I want to see what it's about. I want to see what I can contribute, what I can get out of the situation. And, you know, maybe after, you know, a year and a half, two years, you know, I'm looking for my next opportunity. What's really the difference in terms of an employer only hiring a contract position? Oh, good point. I was thinking about that, too. People lease cars. Can we lease jobs? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the difference. I, I, I'm as long as it serves a purpose and it accomplishes what it's supposed to do in that frame of mind or the frame of time, rather. Now, check this out. What if that's the case? Someone has a resume that shows a little bit of jumpiness, but some of the jumpiness is not just on them. Like I, I had a breakfast with a wonderful uh, person the other day and her background, she had jumpiness, but some of it was due to um, what's the word? Mergers and acquisitions, mm-hmm. layoffs and things like that. So some of it is not on her at all. And so people are afraid of her because she seems like a jumper, but she's not. And she hasn't even presented, she hasn't even given an opportunity to speak to people about it because they're just afraid of, afraid of it. Are we that, are we that vapid or that, that senseless and looking at resumes and saying, oh, they're not going to say, or they're not loyal. Like it's different if someone is like at jobs for like six months, three months, four months at a time. It's like, you probably are a bad worker and you're getting fired. But then some, sometimes some people genuinely end up in some bad spots and they may get laid off like I, you, especially if you're in that startup space. You go to yeah. one startup, it may last two months, and then you go to another one, that exactly. lasts six months. Oops. I mean, is that, I think that, you know, that's even another topic. Like, do you get that level of clarity on your resume, or, or are you afraid that, you know, doing that is going to, you know, make your resume seem less stellar? All right, so I'm going to put you to the test on this one. You, you've hired people. You're a people manager, which sounds nice. Have you looked at someone who had the jumpy resume and said, I'm a pass? Or, and or have you looked at someone with a jumpy resume and said, I'm still interested? Uh, I would say the latter. All right. Um, I mean, don't tell me what or what they do, you know, but like, what was your thought process when you saw that resume? I really don't really focus necessarily too much on the time frame. Um, I would probably more than anything, when I look at resumes, focus on where they were, what the job was, and um overall with that in mind once i talk to them normally i have a better impression of where they're at and you know what their mindset and the type of uh, personality and focus they have so i really don't really prejudge a lot of times when it comes to just that aspect i think you know you might be cutting yourself off at the knees by doing that um, well, you are a saint among men because that crap does not exist nowadays. It's funny. Like I see some people that say, oh, no, I don't worry about their um, I'm, I'm worried about whether or not they're going to be they're going to have that stick to itiveness or they're going to jump or they're going to stick with us and help us grow. And it's like, come on, man, just understand why. Like every recruiter is better than just looking at their resume. Every recruiter should be able to look at or people manage to be able to look at someone's background and see how they're beneficial. But uh, Richard Branson. It probably, you know, it's funny considering doing the podcast. I told everybody it's going to be real relaxed. So I probably should have did some research now <laughs> and whatever. I'm not, I think Richard Branson said something. That's the guy who has Virgin, right? Virgin, Virgin Records, Virgin Airlines, Virgin Interactive. That's the guy, right? The one that's about to go to space and SpaceX. I think so, yeah. You know what? That's him. I have a computer in front of me, but I'd rather be wrong and I'll figure it out later. So he said, train employees, like train employees that so much, so well that they can leave, but treat them so well that they want to stay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely subscribe to that that methodology. I mean, for me, especially, you know, with the company that I work for, the reason why I may be one that doesn't focus on that so much, because 
and, and I'm sure this is changing across many companies, but coming into uh, the type of work that we do in, you know, content management and, and marketing, it's something that based on the system that we use, which is proprietary, you're going to have to be trained. So you either kind of sink or swim in that respect, either you, you love it or you hate it. And if you don't, you know, um, feel like it's something you want to stay with, you know, obviously you're going to leave regardless whether you have a jumpy resume or not. Oh yeah. See, all right. Yeah. If, if you're bred to leave, if that's in your DNA as per, um, you know, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, you're going to dip. You're, you're going to be out. Like there's nothing anyone can do. So what would you do or how would you handle that person that, you know, they're probably going to leave? Like, with, like, if, like all right, in my mind, if I see somebody who's solid in something, let's say, let's say IT. IT is some, some of the toughest people to get. Sales is even worse. Sales are the most transient people mm-hmm. ever. Like they, they stay there until they get the money, then they're out. If you know someone's going to leave, how are you going to view them or how are you going to treat them if you brought them on? And it's like seven months in and it's like, all right, they're doing good, but I can see they're looking. <laughs> Honestly, I always hire people with the mindset knowing that they're going to leave. Why? It's, I feel like it's it's just, it's just the reality. That's fair. Um, and so that's why I said for me, it's more about making sure I initially put them on the path to see, be successful in the role. Mm. And then obviously if I hired them, I feel like they have what it takes and they have enough of it to be able to, you know, bring not only their own skill set, their own you know, experience with either, you know, uh, programs or applications that can really infuse and, you know, add to what we do on a daily basis. So that's what I'm more looking for. And, you know, people who are obviously proactive Mm. instead of being always reactive. And if they come into a situation where they notice something is reactive, they're proactively suggesting what can be done so that we can stop that, you know, um, from their own vantage point. And so I look at, you know, the ideal that like, hey, I may get, you know, a year and a half to two years maybe out of this employee. Now, I mean, obviously, once they they join the team, you know, they'll either express differently or you'll just know, you know, based on what they're saying, unless they say that they're not happy with something for some reason um, and make you aware. I think that might be a, a topic, too, you know why people don't express, you know, some form of dissatisfaction with their job, the culture, the company, the leadership, whatever the case may be, to make it better for them to be there. All right. So, yeah, I know people, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say who, because I don't get myself in trouble. I know people who they're afraid to say anything. Like they're going to a job unhappy, but they'll stay there for like years and years and years and years and years unhappy and then never say anything. But see, this is why it's so important. We have like these different topics that we're going to break down into different podcasts because um, one I feel is, you know, definitely important is do you just take a job for the sake of having a job? I'm going to write that down. That's what I'm talking about. Like, do you take a job? I mean, yeah, uh, maybe. And, you know, a lot of times I think along with that line of, you know, self-reflection also comes, you know, the mindset of when you do take a job, 
again, are you viewing yourself as an asset to the company that will hire you? And if you do view yourself as an asset, it changes how you behave in an interview. It changes, you know, you know, the narrative of, you know, how you respond to. So what's your salary requirements? <laughs> you know, it changes the perspective of, you know, outside of salary, you know, asking yourself is, you know, just the salary all there is, or should I be focusing more on benefits? Should I be working, saying, uh, focusing on, you know, days I'm able to work from home, you know, finding, finding the mindset of not just worrying about, am I hired or not, but what am I getting hired into? Because, you know, once, once you get hired, that novelty of being hired and being at a new job, it, it wears off pretty quickly. If, if you have not substantiated your decision with a whole bunch of other things that are going to make your time spending at a company for the majority of your day, day in and day out, away from home, is worth it. Man, listen, my first day, my first day of job, my first day of job, my first day of ever working right after college, like, you know, your first real college graduate, graduate job. Yeah. I was a, it doesn't matter. I was an accountant. Okay. I was an accountant at this um, bank. Don't you know? say it's a reluctant. <laughs> I mean, this is what it is. I'm still an accountant to this day. Anyway, I was an accountant at this uh, firm, this very big bank, and I was doing um, hedge fund accounting, which sounds cool and prestigious. Like, oh my god, that's money. I was like, whatever. They didn't pay that well. It's cufflink status. And I, I, I <laughs> argued for like five grand just so I could hit averages, and I still didn't get it. Anyway. I came home like the first day. I was like, I don't think I, I don't think I like this. You know what killed me? It's funny you mentioned about like liking the job or, or what you're really getting into. I don't know what I'm getting into. I'm bright eyed, but she tell I'm like, yeah, I'm about to, I'm gonna make a hundred grand before I'm thirty. I'm gonna be doing great. I'm gonna be the next, I don't know, senior something, something with accounting in the title. And I did the job. I came home literally three weeks in. I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. But you know, everybody kept saying, oh, you just started. You don't know. Stick with it. It's three weeks and I'm sitting there like, I didn't want to do this. What's really funny is one day I, I was still living at home, you know, in fresh out of school, right? So I'm not stupid and save money. I got into my car and I just started like punching the steering wheel. Like, I don't want to go to this place anymore. Oh, and, man. And, and it was a reflection. That's of, not a good sign. I mean, it was, it was, and it was reflected in my performance. And ultimately I got laid off from there. Like, during the whole downturn and real estate crash of eight oh eight oh nine, mm-hmm. it was like it was sad. I remember, I never forget the day I got. This is I remember the day I got laid off, January twenty second, two thousand nine. I went to my mom's job. I was like, "Mom, I got laid off. I got a package. I was able to hit unemployment. I just played ball and played video games every day after that. I, I was excited. I mean, but it was from all right. So I say that that story. How long did you last? I don't even want to get to that. I mean, it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. I, but yeah, it was a, it was a good. But that kind of like started me. It was like, well, I kind of got shown I don't have loyalty from them. Mm-hmm. So that's what the tone to, for you. Yeah, that was it for me. That was it. For, no, you know what really what it is? The tone for me was my father worked at a pretty large uh, organization like 10 plus years before that. I think he was in the Air Force. And no, before that, he was at a, another large telecommunications company for several years. My mother worked there too. That's how they met. Oh, um, and then my mother worked for a school for several years. I saw them get let go from both of those places. Mm-hmm. You had somewhere for 10 years, you worked your butt off 
blood, sweat, and tears, all the swag they give you, all of the nice things they give you, and then they let you go. Like with barely a with barely enough of a package to make it worth anything. And so for me, I was like, I kind of saw that, you know, companies do care about their employees to a degree, but people almost value them more. It's like it's almost like a weird sort of uh like how can I say it? It's like um hey, I don't know how to say it. Like a you guys are the like I don't want to say God, because I don't want to get into that. But like you guys are the the wonderful like figure above all, and we respect you, we appreciate you, and we worked to make you happy. Like there's, it almost seems like we're talking about some primal God worshiping <laughs> thing. Like we're some, like I don't want to say I don't say Aztecs, and that's offensive to somebody. Like we're we're like we do work to make you happy, large conglomerate person. Yeah, exactly. Like and, and then and then when the company realizes, like oh, we don't need you. Here, here's some a, food and go away. It's a business decision. It's not like, personal. I can't, I can't respect that. I can't, I can't do that. That is not right. That is wrong. So I'm like, you know what? People ask me, what? what, what? People ask me in interviews, and sometimes I interview just for practice. And they're like, well, how do you feel about staying organization? When you stay here, we leave here. I was like, I treat it. I, I, this is a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm-hmm. I stay as long as I'm happy. You keep me as long as you happy, and we good. If not, if any, if, like, if you're not happy, you're going to let me know. You're going you're gonna to give me three write-ups, you're going to fire. So, you know, you know I said, we almost should do the same way. You know how, like, you should ask your employee that, like, how do you feel about this relationship if they want to say blah, blah, blah. This should be the same way. I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my three employee write-ups. And like, what are those three employee write-ups? I'm going to take sick days regularly. And I'm not, I'm probably interviewing. I'm going to take a sick day. I'm going to take a personal day. And I'm going to take like a long vacation. If those three three things happen in quick succession, they just hit you with the three notices, and you about to get that final warning, and they out. Like that's just how it is, yeah. and it's got. I mean, I think we need to as a, like as a culture, we are the tender. We just look and swipe left is not good. So maybe organizations need to be a little bit more lenient and understanding. Like this is what people are. These this is how people really operate. Work now. Do you think though? Now, here's, here's the good thing. I, I appreciate my manager for this, saying how she wants me to grow and see me to grow. Great. Appreciate that. And I'm definitely going to work on that. But then I wonder, can someone actually develop? Like, somebody can come in and kick butt and do whatever project they're working on in six months, a year and a half. Cool. Can someone actually develop and grow in a year and a half? Like, actually become stronger than what they were? So much that they could become a leader in the next spot. I really think that's dependent upon the person. All right, well, the, the, the factors that make that person, you know, that's how they're going to be that. Because it's like, I, all right, I'm, I'm good at what I do now. No doubt about it. Can I lead people in what I do now? Totally. But am I really a solid, well-rounded person after doing it for a year and a half in one place? I probably could be, but I'm going to go to an organization that's probably has some real bad issues. Like, if, if you bring me on to be the, mm-hmm. to lead everybody, I could see it, but there may be something that... So, so yeah, like, is it possible? I mean, I, I think it's possible, but uh, I really think it depends on the caliber of or, or the, the position that the, the person is handling. You know, if it's it's a if it's a more supportive role instead of a leading position, maybe not. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's a question of are they looking for a specific stepping stone to get them to a different echelon of where they want to be and do they feel that you know this is just a pit stop on Mm. adding a a different 
you know, aspect to their resume mm. to be able to get them to that point. Maybe. That's but, a good point. you know, uh, that's yeah. why sometimes I think it's important to figure out what a person's goals are and um, and see if those goals are changing. See, now I'm taking notes. I really am. It's like, all right. So so then you got to think about, like, for your job search, what do you want? What you want? What do you want? What do you want from your next job? Like when you should really start thinking about looking, when you should think about saying, what's the conversation that that inner monologue should really be like? Mm, like, mm, am I happy? Am I not happy? Like, it's it, see, man, you made a really good point. It's like so many people is different. It's like, what's what do I think is the best step for me? Like, why? What do I want to grow? How do I want to grow? What am I chasing? Is it money? Is it prestige? Is it a company name? No, yeah, go ahead. I mean, surprisingly enough, something I've noticed, uh, you know, some of some of the people that I've, you know, talked to and, you know, had um, opportunities to like trying to just be open with or just observe. I observe a lot of people sometimes it's not even necessarily about the work. Sometimes the work is not difficult. Um it may be, you know, problematic at times. It may be challenging, you know, trying to manage things or dealing with clients. Yeah. But I think a lot of times some people, especially, you know, um, in the more city um, areas, you know, uh, New York, specifically from my experience, it's not all New York. people are wrapped up with the mindset of what's the culture at my job? Whoa, you know, and it's like, is my job cool? Like, can I brag about my job? Like, you know, is my title, you know, when I tell it to people, it sounds like, oh, that sounds awesome, you know, or, you know, how many people work at my job? Like, do those things matter? You know, but I I think that's definitely a different perspective based on one, where you live, you know, what age group you're in. And also maybe even potentially does maybe your, your responsibilities in terms of you know where you're at in your life, whether or not that all makes a difference, culture versus everything else, that should be like the next episode. Yeah, like I I, I had talked to a kind of a young lady today. Uh, she's a coach in certain regards, a mentor in certain regards. I don't know. And so, and she's like, she don't want to work somewhere cool. And I was like, I mean, yeah, we all do. I want like we all want to work somewhere and that's enjoyable, fun. But like, what do you mean? Do you need the name? Do you need scooters around your job? Like, do you need basketball? I mean, pods. I'd love, I, I, I'd love to have a, a Nintendo Switch hooked up my my desktop all the time. Like, but I came here to work. Like, what's the? I get it though. Yeah. So I, everyone wants what's to go, cool. I mean, everyone getting wants to a go. text message for direct deposit. Yeah, that's so, cool to me. <laughs> everyone and their mom. Everyone and their mother wants to go to Facebook and Google, and I get it. Yo, Google. I went to Facebook. I was like, I was like a kid again, and I saw the cafeteria. The cafeteria alone. They were recruiting for recruiters. I'll say it, right? I told my manager I went there. I don't, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was it was Facebook. Yeah. And everybody knows I love food. And so I saw the cafeteria. They pay you. No, they give you food for your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner. And what people crack me up about that is like, you know, they expect you to be there. For exactly. Like, you know this, right? Like, you know this. Is, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Everybody's having fun. Everybody can check their Facebook all the time because they're on Facebook all the time. But my man, you are supposed to be there from seven a.m. to like seven p.m. And like I don't know about that. So I don't know. What are you chasing? Money or I say flex? That's a whole another conversation within itself. I say money versus flex, oh flexibility. I chase flexibility. I don't chase money. Um, like freedom to to grow and freedom to do things. 
with your job and work-life balance. That's more of everything. But maybe because I'm old, air quotes, you can't see it, but I did it. Like, I don't know. I, but I, I'm not going to turn down. No, I mean, so no, I, I don't think years. any of us in our right mind, like, would get a job offer from Google or Facebook tomorrow and this be like, so nah, I, I think I'm good. Yeah, that's mad. Like, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be like, so is this for real, for real? Yeah. And you're like, all right. And the next day you go into your job, like, yeah, guess what? I got a job at Google. And nobody would blame you. So with that being said, I, I definitely would say one of the most important things in even, you know, fantasizing about working at, you know, one of these type of companies where culture is everything and, you know, there's so much prestige in the name and title, even if that's not necessarily your ultimate goal, um, just being exposed to what that's about, pros and cons, having some type of awareness about it is key. And I think the really important thing to even able to uh to have that understanding is by networking with other people that's the only way because if you meet people at um different events or uh meetups um networking is, is severely important in that process segue so, so by way of uh wrapping up I, I guess that's where we should head into next 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 episode when the next episode may be we're still figuring it out maybe next week but we're pretty much wrapping things up. Um, I, we enjoy talking about this stuff because we talk about it all the time. We hope you enjoy listening. Um, we're going to definitely post this on several places, of course, Facebook, Twitter, um, our LinkedIn. Uh, we want some of your feedback, some of your notes, some of your comments. Let us know uh, what did you think and what are some things that we can talk about. You know, In the future, we plan on having people join us. Um, you know, get in some people from some places who have viewpoints that we don't have, and that's just going to make us better, make us speak to it better. So we'd love to have you guys on. So I guess by way of wrapping up, it's uh, Emery Tarkin and Gerard Super, and this is Great Parachute, and we'll look to talk to you guys soon. Take care. Have a good one.